Thank you for listening to this parenting series and the Training Up Children podcast. Pastor and Mrs. Dingus from the People's Baptist Church will teach on biblical principles and helpful tips on raising children in the Lord. As the Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Our desire as as parents is to raise our children in a way that pleases the Lord and honors Him above all else. Prayerfully, this podcast will be a help to you as you listen in. Hi there. It's Mrs. Dingus again. This is our first podcast for the new year. And I would like to speak today about not losing your vision. Don't lose your vision. In Proverbs 29:18, the Bible says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he." Where there is no vision, the people perish. I just want to touch upon some areas where we may have lost our vision and we need to get it back in this new year. One of the first areas, and I'm just going to go very quickly through these first ones because they do not deal directly with child training, but just to touch upon them. Um, Sometimes we lose our vision in our salvation, believe it or not. We lose the joy of our salvation. We have to remember where we've come from and what we've been saved from and think where we would be without him. That's a scary thought. We have to get that joy of our salvation back and get our vision back in that area. Sometimes we lose our vision for the Bible. We used to love the Bible, look forward to it. Now sometimes it can become a little mundane and we just want to put a check on the Bible reading chart. So we have to be careful not to lose our vision for loving God's word. It's his love letter to us. It's how he communicates with us. Sometimes we just simply need to get a brand new Bible and start all over, writing new notes and and starting new highlights. If we want to be happy this year, we need to get the joy of our salvation and keep that, get that vision back and get the vision back for the Bible, for God's word. We also have to make sure we don't lose our vision for prayer. We used to love to pray. We used to often say baby Christians always get their prayers answered. What happened to our vision of prayer? Sometimes it got old. Sometimes we get busy. But yeah, so did the devil. Sometimes it helps to just get a new journal. Write down answered prayer. Have a thank Thanksgiving party. That's what I like to do. Pray about everything. Pray without ceasing. That means throughout the whole day. Pray with your husband, with your kids, with your sisters in Christ. Join a prayer meeting if you're not a part of one in your local church. And get your vision back for your prayer life. Sometimes we've lost our vision for soul winning. We've lost our zeal for soul winning. We've lost our vision for lost souls. We have to stop putting off going and realize that it's not something we have to pray about. It's a, it's a, a command from God's word and we just need to do it. Sometimes we've lost our vision for our Sunday school class. I know many of the people listening to this podcast are obviously Sunday school teachers, Sunday school helpers. We love those kids, but in some cases we haven't visited them in months. Maybe you teach an adult class or a young adult class or a teen class. 
Maybe you don't pray for them one by one by name. No phone call, no personal letters or notes. When was the last activity you went on with your class? Was it ages ago? And now your kids are ready to graduate out to the next class? Are you on Saturday night scrambling to find your Sunday school lesson? You don't go soul winning? I don't know if your church, like our church, has a little covenant that we sign when we become a Sunday school teacher, and we sign it before uh, God. And now sometimes we're tempted to not keep our word. Let's decide to get the vision back for our Sunday school class. And this last one, I want to spend a little bit more time on, and that's not losing the vision for our family. Would you describe yourself as Betty Crocker, Susie Homemaker, Martha Stewart, or Oscar the Grouch? If we asked your husband and children to describe you, (laughs) how would they describe you? Is your home pure bliss or pure chaos? You may be poor, you may be rich, you may be comfortable or in want, but all of us can be clean and orderly. What's that famous saying our mom always taught us? Cleanliness is next to, you fill in the blank, godliness. Cleanliness is next to godliness. The Bible says, and we teach our children, whatsoever the hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. That's in Ecclesiastes 9.10. We also teach them, let all things be done decently and in order, 1 Corinthians 14.40. But we need to be the living example to them by keeping our house clean and inviting. We need to get rid of the clutter. It just causes more dust. It's more to keep clean. It's the messy look and it creates chaos. My mom taught me this statement. And I tried the best I could, by the grace of God, to instill it in my children. My mother taught me this, a place for everything and everything in its place. This is the proverbial notion that there should be a place for everything and everything in its place. This is the idea that everything should have somewhere to be stored and that it should tidily be returned there when not in use. How are How are our precious children supposed to put their toys or things back if they don't have a proper organized place to put them? We personally have a small house. It was perfect for us uh, with my two children growing up. But therefore, we had to keep things orderly and less chaotic on purpose. My children would take inventory quote-unquote, of their toys and things twice a year. They happened to both be summer babies, so it was perfect to take inventory right before their birthdays in the summer, and then we would take inventory again right before Christmas. You say, what does taking inventory of their toys and things mean? Well, basically, we would make three piles. The first pile was to give away. The second pile was to keep And the third pile was to throw away. The way I would motivate them to do this was, number one, we need to make room for the new toys that you'll be receiving on your birthday and or Christmas. But two, my other motivation was, if they didn't take the time to do it, I would. And if mama does it, a lot of it's going to go to the garbage or be given away. 
So they knew they, they needed to, to do it. And we would do it together. We would do it together. But this helped keep our life simple and our home, our small home, orderly. I know I've mentioned this before, and this won't be the last time I'll mention it. Have your kids and yourself on a schedule. A very wise lady told me many years ago, a schedule should be your friend. And so therefore, a schedule should be your children's friend. They should know what's coming. They should know what time it's, uh, they're supposed to do their homework. They should know what time they're supposed to do their chores. They should know what time they get up every morning. Even in the summer, we didn't let our kids sleep till half the afternoon away. We would let them sleep a little bit because of it being summer, but we wouldn't let them sleep late because we didn't want them to get in the habit of sleeping late. Um, they should know what, your, what time your meal times are. And I know we have to be flexible and it can't be the exact time every night or, you know, whatever the case may be, but they should know what's coming. They should know the, the tentative schedule. They should know that you're going to be in church every time the, do- the doors squeak. They should not have to wonder, are we going to church tonight, mom? Are we going to church tonight, dad? No, we should be in church every time we know there's a service. Um, secondly, I was going to say under this, we need to live by lists. I am a big advocate of living by a list. And now it's even easier to just put everything in your phone. I still use the old school white three by five index cards. Is it three by five? Yeah. I use index cards, but I know a lot of people use their phone. I never shop without a list. This helped me tremendously because when I went food shopping with my children, it was not a torturous time that I couldn't wait to get out of. We looked forward to it. We made a time of it. And they knew that I was going to only buy what was on my list. And that made things so much easier because when they would ask me for something that wasn't on the list, I would just simply tell them it's not on our list. So we're not going to buy that today. And then we would think about maybe putting it on the list for the next week. Use coupons. I know that's so old school and everything is done online now, but be thrifty and wise with what God has given you. Um, Your husband works hard. You work hard. So be thrifty and wise and be a good steward of what God has given you. Get a vision and keep your vision for your family. Spend some time each day with each individual family member. Schedule it. If you cannot do it on a daily basis, then definitely do it on a weekly basis. But I would advise especially spending time with with your children each day and your husband, of course, each day. Um, So sometimes when our kids seem out of control and we don't know which way to turn, I know a lot of people like to Google oh, my child has this problem. You know, it's almost like a Dear Abby, but it's for all of the internet. You never know what answer you're going to get. So I would like to recommend a few books that were very, very helpful to me. Although some of them were not exactly in print. When I reared my children, I had the wonderful opportunity and privilege of taking the classes by these great teachers. And so the same things that are all in their books is what they they taught me back in Bible college. But um, all three of these, I checked just today, all three of these can be bought right on Amazon. The first one that I'm recommending is Kids Without Chaos. 
Kids Without Chaos. It's written by Mrs. Marlene Evans, and she was a great, great woman of God. In fact, there isn't a day that goes by that I'm not quoting her or doing something in my life that she has taught me. Um, She is one of my many godly mentors, but a very big one in my life. So she wrote the book, Kids Without Chaos. That's a very good book I recommend. The next one I highly, highly recommend is Recipes for Rearing Children. Recipes for Rearing Children. And that is by Pete and Frida Cowling. Pete and Frida Cowling. So there's that book by them. And then there's one more book by them. It's called Rearing Kids with Character. So the two book by Dr. and Mrs. Cowling are Recipes for Rearing Children and Rearing Kids with Character. They're, they're both found on Amazon. Uh, the next point I just wanted to go over is in reference to not losing the vision for our marriage. I know that everybody listening to me may not be married, but if you are training children, you probably were married at one time, or you are presently married, or you're going to be married. Um, so I wanted to touch upon this because... Um, you may be wondering, what does this have to do with child-rearing? Well, I believe it has everything to do with child-rearing. So, um, Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 6, says, um, I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed, I'm sorry, it's hard to read my reading, (laughs) to where I sought for him, but I could not find him. I called for him, but he came, but he gave no answer. I'm sorry. I, I'm having a hard time reading my writing. <laughs> but it's Song of Solomon 5, 6. If you want to look it up, just to double check that. To me, that's one of the saddest verses in the Bible. My question to you, my question to me, are you the completer of your husband or the depleter of your husband? I believe God wants us to be the completer of our husband. In fact, that's another wonderful book by Dr. Jack Hiles, The uh, Woman, The Completer. If you want to get that one, I believe that's also on Amazon. Be satisfied with what your husband provides for you. Discontentment brings a grouchy spirit. You shouldn't be adding to your husband's stress. You should be alleviating his stress. You should be one less stressor in his life. When he walks in the door... Do you typically hand over the kids, break down, have a woe is me, I'm undone moment? Or you're not even there. You're running late. You're running errands. There's no dinner, no kiss. You're too busy to greet, meet, and be sweet to him. I hope that's not you. I hope that's not me. We need to prepare our children for their daddies coming home. We need to get them excited. We need to, get, we need to hype them up. We need to be waiting at the door as much as is possible and get them excited about their dad coming home. Not that we want to, by any means, attack him when he walks in the door with problems and everything Junior did wrong and, oh, he needs to be disciplined and all that, but we need to make his homecoming sweet and something that he looks forward to. We're supposed to be our husband's help meet. Many husbands are discouraged bogged down and they need our bad attitude or poor spirit like a hole in the head (laughs) urge him on back him up lift up his weary hands make him feel at home and make your home a haven of rest fix up for him 
and fix your kids up for him when he's um, going to be coming home. There's nothing like coming home to snotty noses and dirty diapers. <laughs> Save the t-shirts and jean skirts for a church work day or spring cleaning. Put makeup on, do your hair. Woo him like you used to. The best gift in the world that you can give to your children is to love your children's daddy. Let's not lose our vision for our marriage. And again, be careful not to dump on him, to to have a dump on dad time as soon as he walks in the door. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. Let's not lose our vision for our testimony. 1 Thessalonians 4.11 says, And that ye study, which means work at it, to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands. We want to teach that to our children, but we need to emulate it first to them. Music. Are your kids tempted to listen to the wrong kind of music? We need to get rid of the station that's safe for the whole family. I don't know if it's still... In every area, it's going to be called something different, but it basically is contemporary Christian music, and we need to get that off our radios and stick on some good godly music or put on KNVBC or whatever. But if you want your kids to listen to the right music, you have to do it. Dress. We need to get off the fence and give up the wrong clothing that we know is immodest and not even put them in the bottom drawer, if you know what I mean. Ladies, and you know what I mean. If you want your kids to dress right and modestly and godly, you do it first. Friends, we want our kids to have godly friends, right? But we have to be an example. You know that you have a few friends that are not the greatest influence on you. Maybe it was even your best friend from high school, but they're not saved or they're not. And I'm not saying to write them off or totally diss them, but we have to be careful how much time we spend with them. We need godly influences and we want to be the right example for our children. We need to stop gossiping and mind our own business. If we want our kids to talk right, then we need to get rid of our own stinking thinking so we can help them to do the same. Don't lose your vision in these areas, but especially don't lose your vision for your family. And that's all for today, folks. Have a good and godly day, my friend. Thank you again for listening to this episode. We pray this was a blessing to you as you seek to please the Lord and serve Him. Only heaven knows the impact we have upon those that God has gifted us with. May God bless you.